What are the top multi-channel fraud threats to financial institutions in 2013? And how are institutions fighting back? Hi, this is Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm discussing this topic today with Daniel Ingvaldsen. He's Chief Technology Officer of Easy Solutions. Daniel, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks, Tom. Dan, to get us started, why don't you tell us just a bit about yourself and about Easy Solutions, please? Sure. Well, my name is Daniel Ingvaldsen. I'm CTO of Easy Solutions. Easy Solutions is a fraud prevention company. We have a lot of background in the enterprise security space. Uh, my background and the other founders' background is what the company called Internet Security Systems. We've been at this for, for several years now. The company is, is not a traditional enterprise security company. We focus primarily on preventing fraud for financial institutions or other other web-oriented properties which are which are experiencing fraud. The company is, is very well established. We have over 100 customers, about 24 to 25 million users worldwide, which are in some way interacting with our technology. The company has a pretty large center of gravity in Latin America, and I think that's a very interesting part of our story at Easy Solutions. Because back in, uh, back in the early days of my career at ISS, I actually um, studied the Latin American fraud environment because it was much more advanced and much more hostile than what we've seen in the U.S., in fact, a lot of the financial institutions in Latin America were using very advanced web authentication techniques or web authentication technology like two-factor, and they were deploying browser protection or browser security to their end users really years, in, in, in some cases as much as over a decade uh, before some of the main institutions in the U.S. Uh, so what we're seeing is a lot of the techniques that, that, that we predicted uh, early on uh, that were becoming very popular in Latin America for a whole bunch of reasons we could talk about today are now becoming very popular in the States. Uh, and the company is really set up to, to help prevent web fraud and associated financial crime amongst our customer base. Well, Dan, that's a great intro and overview of the threat landscape. And as you mentioned, it's ever-changing. The hostility is spreading. We see banking Trojans. We see targeted attacks, mobile malware, DDoS attacks. There's so much out there. What do you see as today's top online fraud threat specifically to financial institutions? Well, at Easy Solutions, we provide a whole platform of, of anti-fraud technology that we call Total Fraud Protection. A big part of that is watching the Internet, doing a lot of cloud-based analysis, looking for the latest attacks that we see really around the world. Uh, malware is a, is a huge problem. The advancements of malware is a, is a, is a huge problem. Uh, one thing that I talk about a lot with customers is the industrialization of malware attacks that are, that are out there that are becoming much more challenging to deal with. We find that large financials are having difficulties dealing with really complicated and complex attacks, but we find that the smaller institutions like credit unions, small regional banks, are dealing with really much more challenging problems than they're really set up to handle. So the complexity of malware is a, is a major issue. We're also seeing that the variations on older techniques, older style attacks, like phishing attacks, like DNS redirection attacks, which have been around for over a decade, are constantly evolving. They're constantly being optimized by the bad guys. The bad guys know that if they launch a phishing attack or a farming attack, it's not going to last for two weeks like it used to. Uh, so, they so they really design their attacks to fool people or capture account credentials and do account takeovers in, in minutes as opposed to days. So there's really a, a whole suite of new, much more advanced, much more complex attacks uh, that I call compound attacks on the malware side. And then the fallback mechanism to using some of these same techniques that have really worked for years and years 
but have been refined and, and modified and customized over the years to be much more targeted. Um, and, and we're finding that the bad guys are targeting really the smaller banks really just as, just as strongly or just as hard as they're, as they're targeting the, the very large financials, which arguably are probably more well-equipped to, to stop the attacks. Well, Dan, you're getting into exactly the next question I have, which is what do you find to be institutions' biggest challenges in responding to these threats? And I'm sure it does correspond to size of institution in a lot of instances. Well, you know, for, for, for us, the, one of the problems that we try to help our customers battle is, is complexity in dealing with fraud. You know, we talk a lot about online fraud. Easy Solutions specializes in multi-channel fraud. So we, we certainly deal with, with the online channel, but we also help our customers protect against fraud across the IVR channel or the ATM channel or even branch-based fraud. You know, the biggest problem is just managing all these things. You know, the, the bad guys are essentially mechanized their operations or industrialize their operations. So they can, they can create new technology, they can do their testing, and they can launch new attacks in a, in a matter of weeks. Uh, you know, the average procurement cycle for a, a large, complex piece of enterprise software, you know, for a large bank can take 9 to 12 months, uh, and that's sometimes optimistic. So we're finding that complexity is a, a major problem. Flexibility is, is a major problem. Another big one is visibility. A lot of what we do, a lot of kind of um, our philosophy and our approach to solving this problem is finding ways to help our customers get visibility into the problem, to kind of see over the castle wall, to see it, you know, what the user environment looks like, understand the day-to-day real-time threat environment that's out there. A lot of times the, these technologies are deployed, you know, uh, kind of a garrison-style defense, higher walls, thicker walls, defenses which are pointed outward, but not really understanding the nature of the threat. So the, the bad guys have naturally shifted their targets away from trying to compromise banks directly to compromising the end users. And that's where the malware problem came from. That's where the phishing problem came from. But, you know, it's 2013 and we still see that a lot of major financials and certainly smaller financials really don't have a good understanding, a good real-time understanding of what their end users are dealing with. What sort of malware are they seeing know, minute to minute, what sort of phishing attacks are they getting hit with? All of that is really challenging. And then you, of course, go into the regulatory requirements from FFIC and others, which are kind of pushing regulations down to the banks to help them at least organize their plans or give them some structure or some guidelines to to putting uh, defensive uh, mechanisms in place to help protect end users. That's really what, what the FFIC is trying to do. But a lot of these things generate, you know, layers and layers of complexity. So with all of our solutions, we've really focused on trying to build a platform of layer technology that all speaks the same language, it all shares the same APIs, all of our technology shares the same interfaces, they can be managed together um, in conjunction with, with one another. Uh, so our goal, of course, is to, is to simplify this process and give our customers a greater sense of control over the problem and a greater confidence that they have control over the problem. Dan, I want to come back to the visibility topic you raised. We hear a lot about poor cross-channel detection in financial institutions. So how can, or should I say how must, institutions improve their capabilities here so they can detect fraud when it appears cross-channel? Sure. So, I mean, cross-channel is really the holy grail. You really want to build a roadmap for fraud prevention around detecting, you know, really detecting fraud across different channels. Theoretically, there is no fraud committed until cash leaves the bank. An account can be compromised, money could be moved around internally, but until until you know that actual 
cash is transferred to a debit card or cashed out or wired or ACH'd out of the bank. There, there is no fraud. So the bad guys know this, and the bad guys exploit the fact that a lot of banks have been have implemented single siloed fraud prevention technologies per channel over the years. You know, cashier-based based fraud or check fraud or credit card fraud with a huge gap on ATM or a huge gap on online. So you find now with most of the major attacks that are, that are made public, there's kind of this trickle-down effect when there's an online mechanism and there might be an insider mechanism or there might be an ATM mechanism when the cash is actually moved out of the bank. That's a problem that, that, that we focused on. I mean, our, our technology that watches transactions in real time is focused on understanding when there's anomalous transactions inside a bank across various channels. It's kind of the, um, the last line of defense, but also potentially the most powerful line of defense because transaction anomaly detection technology has the ability to see everything, to see all transactions. And our products are designed so our transaction anomaly detection system is informed by the other layers of our platform. So what I mean by that is we're constantly building rules, we're constantly tuning the system in real time, but we're also feeding information in from our detectable monitoring service, which is monitoring external threats. We're constantly taking in scoring information about endpoint security or endpoint safety, really the, the, the safety of the end user who is touching the bank. You know, is the machine infected? Is the machine have a, a history of being infected? And all that information rolls up into risk scoring, which is then taken into account on the back end. And so we have, we have some customers that have deployed our layered approach. They've seen remarkable reductions in, in fraud, and specifically cross-channel fraud, because they're taking into account these external data sources, which you know are really available to them. But a lot of the, the FIs or financial institutions have trouble gathering that information and integrating that information. So the layered approach is, is really critical to really approaching fraud holistically. There's you know many different ways that banks do business. There's many different channels, and there are various techniques for fraud that, which are associated with each channel. We take kind of an agnostic approach towards all of them. And by putting in a platform that has visibility against every step in the fraud chain, from reconnaissance, attack of end-user accounts, end-user compromise, uh, to account takeover, all the way through risk-based authentication and transaction monitoring uh, across all channels. It's a big problem for us to solve. We're very, very busy. Uh, we have a lot of work to do to advance our platform. But the approach that we're taking is quite unique in the market and has been proven to be very effective. So give us some specific instances, Dan. How are your customers responding best to some of the threats that you talked about up front in our conversation? The end-to-end -end approach is what our customers are really looking for. There's new areas of technology where financial institutions in the, in the U.S. are starting to put more of a focus on, or a lot of the, the mainline financials and smaller financials even are looking at implementing secure browsing technology or safe browsing technology. We have a product that we call DSB that is a safe browsing uh, a piece of software that, that we sell to financial institutions and they deploy for their customers, or they encourage their customers to deploy. And this technology kind of hits the, one of the points that, that we hit that we talked about earlier around visibility. The core feature of a safe browsing product, any safe browsing product, is to provide you know a basic level of elevated protection for an end user. There's nuances in how different vendors um, uh, approach that, but, but our approach is to provide a very stable, incredibly robust, highly available piece of software which will never crash and never cause problems on the end user environment, but also to provide 
an elevated level of protection. It's, it's well understood that the bad guys that are creating advanced malware kits, commercially available malware kits like Zeus and Citadel and SpyEye, are actively testing their software against antivirus systems. And the antivirus guys know that their products aren't really, aren't really effective at detecting brand new pieces of malware, especially malware that's not highly distributed or sent all over the world. So this approach is to provide you know, an elevated level of protection above and beyond what the antivirus technology can do. And the thing that's unique about this is the new market that's emerging is having banks actually provision this software to their end users directly. They feel it's in their best interest to help provide a secure browsing environment or secure browsing channel to, the, to their website. It helps limit account takeover fraud. It helps reduce you know, a lot of the follow-on effects of fraud you know, after login credentials are stolen. The benefit that is, I think, I think unique to, to our approach is we, we certainly focus on the protection aspect. We certainly focus on providing a safe browsing interface. But for us, it's also about visibility. We focus intently on gathering information and collecting a sense of the intact environment that exists against end users. Uh, that information is critical for our customers. They want to know uh, when one of their customers trips across a phishing email. They want to know when a new version of Zeus is detected against one of their customers. That allows them to you know, sit back and modify their policies in general, but it also allows them to modify their risk profiles for, for transaction transfer limits uh, you know, between uh, intra or interbank transfers to set different parameters within a, a real-time session or to uh, initiate an authentication request or a re-authentication request. Uh, to break up the actual workflow of some of these some of these more advanced trojans. That's the critical piece. You know, we want to be able to provide our customers with real-time analytics with what's happening in their end user environment. And there's also this concept that we talk about called collaborative protection. We don't need, in, in some cases, every single end user, every single financial institution's client to run a safe browsing product to provide an enhanced level of protection to the entire population. We call that collaborative protection. There's a similar analog, kind of a biological analog. There's a term in immunology called herd immunity. And really what that means is with respect to vaccinations for, for deadly diseases like smallpox or measles, there's scientific evidence that shows that you don't have to vaccinate the entire population to essentially limit the reproduction of that virus in, a, in an active population. You have to get to a certain threshold. And the same thing's true for this. If we provide a percentage of a banking institution's customers with protection, all that information flows to our data center, it's analyzed. And once we see the first attack, we can generally stop it from affecting everyone else. It fits quite nicely with that metaphor from the world of immunology focused on online threats and online fraud. Well, Dan, I know we're running short of time, but there's still a couple questions I'd like to ask you. I mean, what is about the big story of 2012, which was the FFIEC authentication guidance update? How are your customers showing their conformance to the FFIEC supplement? The first major FFIEC guidance which affected online banking or online security was around the use of multi-factor or two-factor authentication. And it's interesting comparing the implementation of that to what we saw in Latin America, there was a very loose implementation or uh, focused on any sort of, of second factor. And a lot of the financial institutions have focused on implementing you know, security questions or secret questions. The banks in Latin America have implemented you know, out-of-band passwords and, and hardware tokens and wallet grid cards and arguably more secure or more challenging methods to um, bypass. Now, the update was focused on 
kind of taking it a step further, moving beyond multi-step or multi-factor authentication, moving towards more of a layered approach. The layered approach provides, I would call, loose guidance. There's not a specific recommendation for the exact sorts of technologies needed, but there is an implicit recommendation to employ multiple methods beyond simple multi-factor authentication. That includes risk assessments, it includes various degrees of testing, certainly it includes multi-factor authentication, but also the use of back-end technology around transaction anomaly detection. That's a big one. Uh, so, and that's one of the most effective technologies to, to weave together all the other aspects of online fraud, or, or multi-channel fraud for that matter. The ability to, to manage or view transactions, in the case of our platform, in real time, to define or to understand what's happening and then define behavioral or rule changes that will change moment to moment based on the environment. That's something that is critical, we feel. And it fits our vision. It fits our vision to, to move towards a sustainable, more flexible platform that can really pull all these things together and, and, and come up with um, really a, a wider spectrum approach to dealing with fraud as a whole. Final question for you. As a bottom line, what advice would you offer institutions today so they can most improve their abilities to detect and prevent fraud across all online channels. If you had to sum it up, what advice would you offer? Sure. So, I mean, the first one would be to, to seek simplicity in your solutions. I don't mean simplicity in, in the, as far as uh, the power of the solution, but just the architecture of the solution. We recommend to our customers that you, know, you have to bank on, you have to plan on changing everything, on responding to something completely out of left field. So for us, it's about recommending Simplicity, recommend, recommending solutions which integrate uh, with other solutions which are relatively open and focus on, on trying to, to find partners, find technology companies that can help build solutions at scale. We don't recommend uh, responding to every new threat with a new vendor or a new niche product, which will be something that will take a lot of time and a lot of resources. And by the time it's integrated, the bad guys will move on to the next thing. So for, for us, it's, it's all about building a flexible, a layer defense and then understanding that that defense mechanism needs to be flexible, needs to be able to be changed quickly and really consistently through the life of those products. Those are probably the key recommendations that we would um, consistently recommend to our customers. Very good. Well, Daniel, I appreciate your time and your insight today. Thank you. Thank you very much. The topic has been Top Fraud Threats and Solutions. I've been talking with Daniel Ingvaldson. He's the Chief Technology Officer of Easy Solutions. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.